Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are live right now on the Live Model Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, powered by E360 TV. So one of the things that you can do to find us, even though we are broadcast through TV, radio, podcast, social media, and more, one of the most fun ways to experience this broadcast is to go to your smart TVs, download the E360 TV app, and look for the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. You will find our show there. Um, you can also go directly to livemonoworldwide.org, which is right below me. But again, to enjoy this uh, the way it's meant to be enjoyed, please go to your smart TVs and find us there. Um, and then also you can go to my Facebook page if you want to chat along with the audience. You can go to any of them, uh, but you can just look me up, Joshua T. Bergel, and you will find us there and uh, join the chat along with everyone else. So, And we all know, look, let's face it. We all know that when you're watching TV, whatever that program is, you're also on your phone. I, of course, I also see a lot of you on your phone at church, too, but that's a whole other conversation. But for this conversation, again, one of the most fun ways to enjoy these broadcasts is to go directly to livemonoworldwide.org on your smart TV or download the E360 TV app and you will find our network there. So with that said, uh, we have an amazing guest today. I do not know a lot about our guest, but I am truly excited to talk to him because the subject that we are going to speak about is forgiveness. And um, some of you already know about the interview that is coming out on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. Of course, you could be watching this at any time. What do I know? But um, we had the pleasure, myself and Madison Marquette, had the pleasure to speak to Kevin Spacey's brother. And when I tell you it's explosive and intense and everything else, uh, that's an understatement. With that said, uh, forgiveness is a big theme of that too, but it, I promise you it is going to be a lot different than this conversation. So not to take away from this broadcast here today, but I'm telling you it is an interesting segue, and I believe with all my heart um, that there are no accidents, and um, the timing of this is absolutely perfect. And to be honest with you, after my last phone call today, I probably need to work on some forgiveness myself because I'm feeling a little bit feisty and some of you know what that means, but I am feeling very feisty right now. So anyway, I am blessed to have you guys here. Thank you so much, regardless of the platform that you're watching on. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for supporting the Live Model Worldwide Foundation and our mission. It means the world to us. Thank you for buying the Devil Inside Me book. And uh, with that said, we are going to get into this uh, right after... You know, you think I'd time that better? <laughs> my, my mouse is not wanting to cooperate with me. We'll be right back.
I pulled myself out of the screen. <laughs> so I have a confession to make, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And um, so a few days ago, I, I switched. And if you saw the intro video, you know that, um, well, I, I deal with DID. And um, I had a switch. It was a minor switch. I haven't really snapped all the way back yet. And it's, it's kind of an interesting experience because I've never actually publicly address the fact that I may not be the person that you think I am on the screen. And no, I'm not wearing a deep fake mask. Um, I have, that's the easiest way just to say this is somehow, somehow, some way, a process of events uh, have triggered me. And while I've dealt with a lot of triggers recently and have been able to face a lot of them and fight them off and dismiss them and all that stuff, um, I have dealt with about as many spiritual attacks as you can possibly imagine in the last 48 hours. And so I'm kind of like in limbo mode. I can't tell you that I'm 100% present because I'm not. And uh, so I don't really know what's going to come out of my mouth. I don't know anything. So I'm warning you right now that, you know, whatever your, your uh, assumptions about me are or whatever you think about me, well, I'll probably add fuel to that fire and probably cause you to ask question even that. But I want to admit and address the fact that I'm not 100% present right now. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm not all the way switched. And no, I haven't been taken over by any of my demons that, that I've gotten rid of. None of that stuff. But I'm at a teetering point. And that's why I probably seem a little distracted and off today. Because normally, after doing this 500 times, you think that I would be right on point. But what I know about, what I know about DID is uh, what I've learned the most about it is when I put a light on it, things tend to work out the way it's supposed to. So that's why I'm addressing this now. Um, I Again, it, it's it, it, I, I don't really know what's going to happen here. So I just ask that you uh, bear with me and also understand that, um, you know, this is part of it. But again, I've never addressed it. I've usually tried to hide it when that happens. And sometimes I haven't even been aware of it. But I'm aware of it today. And I'm at that middle point where I could switch into a lot of different directions. And I don't know. I don't know if this conversation is going to trigger me. I don't know if it's going to cause me to switch. I don't know if it's going to actually bring me back to Joshua. I don't know. Um, and that's part of it. But I will, I'll be damned if I, I hide from these things. And, um, and I'm not, this is, I, I don't, I, I refuse to let the enemy win. And one of the ways that he's been able to take a hold of me in the past or when I've let, allowed my altars to take over me, it's uh, been when I've tried to be quiet. And I, for the life of me, um, one of the most challenging things in the world for me is when uh, my wife notices because she doesn't like, <laughs> obviously, if you've ever dealt with anyone with DID, you know, they want the person that they love there, not the altars. And um, it's heartbreaking. And I, the, her last words to me this morning when she went back upstairs were, like, I want you to come back to me. And so um, in prayer, before I pray before every broadcast, um, I ask God to, to help me go back. DID is a real thing. And... Um, It's a real thing and it's a real problem and it's not a lot of fun. Um, but this is the way I know 
more than anything um, to do, and that's put a spotlight on my shadow world. And part of those shadows, even though I talk about this, is that I have altars in my personality. And so um, I, I, your prayers matter to me. And um, But at the same time, there's nothing I enjoy doing more than broadcasting. This has been the most healing thing in the world for me to do because I can address issues that sometimes make people uncomfortable. But the fact is that I can address them and God seems to do something with it when I put a spotlight on it. So that's what I'm doing. With that said, and I don't want to take away from our guest, um, and I, for some reason, believe that somehow what we're going to talk about <laughs> and with forgiveness is um, somehow I think this is all going to tie together beautifully. So let's see. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor for me to introduce to you, and I'm not going to butcher his last name. Um because the way it looks is not the way it sounds, and it's a very beautiful name. So I'm going to let him say his last name, even though I clarified. I absolutely forgot. Uh, so I am honored to introduce to you somebody that is extremely passionate about this subject on forgiveness. And I don't know about you, but um, forgiveness is something that I need on a daily basis and sometimes an hourly basis. So I am honored to introduce to you my new friend, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, would you please tell the audience how to say your last name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, NMA. NMA. Emmanuel NMA. NMA. Yes, okay. Well, I'm um, I'm I'm really blessed to have you here. Um, I love your the just in our brief chat before we went live. I love the warmth of your smile and uh, and just the, the energy and the the heart that it appears that is bursting out of your chest. So I'm honored to have you here. Um, but before we get into this conversation, what are you grateful for today and why? I am grateful that I got sick. Ooh. And the reason why I say that is because it allowed for it allowed me an opportunity to test my character. Wow. So oftentimes or sometimes when people get sick, that sidelines them. And so for me, this, this character test allowed for, uh, for me that opportunity to say, you know what? Let me take a rest so I can recover and so I can get back to working more effectively, but it also let me know like, hey, you know what, in the future, there will be those times where you will get sick and you cannot stop, you must keep going. And so for me, it was, it was, it was a good thing for me to get sick, uh, for me to see that, uh, see this opportunity and to understand that, that in the future, um, this is something to, to expect as I continue to do the work of the Lord. I love that. It was a COVID that you got sick with or something else? Um, it, just a cold. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Just a cold. The, um, I, it's interesting. My experience with COVID, um, which just flagged my video for saying those words, which is unfortunate, but whatever. Um, the, we got, we got COVID pretty bad. Uh, my whole family all at one time. That was quite the few weeks. But 
I, and I couldn't do anything, but it was interesting the whole time. What you were saying is I could hear God saying, I'm re- I, this is your rest. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like crap. How much rest is this? And, but I got to tell you something. It was, it was awesome. Like, yeah, COVID sucked, but I, the rest I got out of it, uh, my mind, because I wasn't able to work, I was able to slow things down. God was able to speak to me in ways that I haven't heard him speak to me before. And, and honestly, coming out on the other side of it, I feel better now than I did before I got COVID. So yeah, I, I I was grateful for my sickness too. So I'm glad that you shared that. And I'm also grateful that you're here today. All right, thank you for having me, sir. Thank you for having me. So I'm not used to people calling me sir. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm getting to that age now. My goodness. Uh, my maturity level sometimes doesn't deserve sir, but I'll take it. Uh, Emmanuel, so in your email, it was, it's it, sometimes words just jump off of a page. It's kind of like when you find the Holy Spirit leads you to a scripture and you see it and it just hits you right in the heart. And you're like, whoo. Mm. Well, it, there was the same kind of energy in your email that was so passionate that uh, it was like jumping off the page about your desire to talk about forgiveness. So instead of me asking you a bunch of questions, I really want you to relay from your heart this message of forgiveness that you relayed to me in that email, because I don't want to ask you questions based off what you sent, because I feel like your word here is so spirit filled that the audience needs to hear it. Okay, so I'm going to point out the most important thing that most people don't know about unforgiveness. Hmm. And so let's see how simply I can put it. If you don't forgive someone for anything they do to you, God authorizes the devil to torment your mind. It's, he has a contract and it's laid out in the parable of Matthew 18 of the unforgiving servant. And God says, Jesus says, Jesus says this, that you'll be handed over to the tormentors until you pay back everything that you owe. Being that no human being can pay back the debt for their sins, you will forever be tormented until you forgive. And so this is why when people have unforgiveness, their mind is overwhelmed with negative, evil, hateful, angry, vengeful thoughts. And there's a lot more involved. It's because if you have unforgiveness against, for example, if I have unforgiveness against you, 
what's going to happen is this. God says to the, to the devil, he's yours, torment his mind. The torment that the devil does to me doesn't even have to be about thoughts against you. It could be something unrelated. And so this is where people need to, as I've used it uh, before, uh, people need to stop getting drunk on the grace of God <laughs> and remember the fear of God because God certainly will hand you over to the devil to be tormented. And so you have more than one reason to forgive someone. One, because God has been so gracious to you. <clears throat> Two, because God is going to hand you over to the, de the devil to torment you. What, you know, hold, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I have to jump in here. That is so profound and powerful because if you think about it, like I think about all the stuff that happened to me, all the abuse, all, all of it. Nothing was worse than what I did to myself and other people. And mind you, I didn't, you know, molest anybody. But I did far more evil than that. And, and even though it happened to me, what the, the pain that I inflicted on others was worse. And yet, our God forgave me and, and, and changed my life and changed my heart and has taken on me, on me on this wild healing journey where I'm not all the way there, but I'm getting closer. And that is, I, so I'm only just emphasizing your point by that. I've never thought about it that way in my life. Wow. Continue, please. So, and you're not the only one. A, a lot of people don't, don't know this, um, but that is what's being said uh, in, in that parable. And so it's very important for people to find out who they have unforgiveness against and to forgive. Because sometimes that unforgiveness could be buried so deep. Um, I'll give you an example. Okay, say for instance, someone got picked on in school. They, they got made fun of because of the shoes they wore. Someone said, oh, your parents are poor. This person had unforgiveness against their bullies and they decided that they were going to make sure they got a job that paid very well. So this way, nobody could ever make fun of their shoes again or so people could see that they were wealthy. Sure. That is, a, is an example of how unforgiveness can infect the things that someone does. And so, because, yeah, it's, it, it's got a lot of people. It's got a lot of people on this planet. And so somebody made their planning based on unforgiveness and 
the the extreme issue with this is 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 this they made the planning they carried through for many years working in said job and at the foundation of their plan was unforgiveness but all the way through they can be infecting other people with their unforgiveness that's another thing that people need to be mindful of Sin is an infectious disease. You can spread your sin to somebody else. Unforgiveness is one of those. For example, now I, I don't like to talk about people behind their back, but as, since Hitler has passed, and this is a teaching lesson, I'll talk about it. Hitler, his whole life, based on vengeance mm. he had unforgiveness because of the things that happened to him in his life he had unforgiveness against other countries for what they did to germany and some people wonder like how could someone how could someone go to that to that point because the devil took over his mind and call and and influence him to carry through with with um with with the with the plans that the devil wanted him to carry through with and and so it is absolutely important for people to remember the fear of god because at any point God can hand you over to the devil and you do not want that because you might not come back. So I want to I ask you something because you're right. <clears throat> you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, gosh, this really does tie into the last interview and it's revealing to me. It's revealing to me two hurts that I still have that I get to forgive and I get to verbalize that I forgive it. And we'll go into that in a second. But talking of Hitler, I actually use him as an example as a lot because Hitler was really gifted. Hitler was extraordinarily gifted. And I think that we all are. Like God gives us, we're born with gifts we never asked for. But when our mind is poisoned and our hearts blackened and hardened, those gifts are not used in the way that God intended. They're used, well, to to hurt people. And that's what Hitler did because he was able to sway all of those masses and manipulate and deceive people into doing things that I don't think they would normally would have done. Um, and you're right, hatred and revenge fueled him. Um, and it's, it's quite the story, like the pre-Holocaust story, even going back before Hitler when he was just a baby, like all the things that led up to that, it's it's really, really interesting. And I don't want to spend a lot of time there at all, but it's interesting because for me, when I was in jail the sixth time and I was in isolation in L.A. County in the psych ward, told them I had HIV thinking, I mean, I, I do, but I told them that thinking I was going to get special privileges because I was pretty entitled and angry and hated the world and everything else. Um, But my come to Jesus moment happened right after I was screaming and cursing at God about why he wouldn't fix me and why he wouldn't change me like everybody else. 
And for the very first time I heard, or at least that I recognized it was God, um, when he spoke to me, when I was like, why won't you fix me like everybody else? You have to forgive your father. Well, how in the beep am I supposed to do that after what he did? And then just like screaming back. And when I heard God say it happened to him too, it knocked me on my butt. It, 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 it like for the first time in my life, I had compassion for my father. And ultimately, um, instead of forgiving my father, really, I was asking for him for forgiveness and then, you know, and then forgiving him myself. And then I asked God and I asked the Lord to, to forgive me. And I asked the, for the Holy Spirit to take over my life because it was no longer my own. Like I surrendered completely. But to your point, had I not had that moment, I would either be dead or raising even more hell than I was before. But what I want to ask you is this. There's a lot of people that watch this program um, or listen to it that have been abused and abused in ways that I can't even imagine. And I have seen a lot in my life. How, what do you, what can you say to the people that are still being hurt and still being, again, used and abused and, and slandered and everything else? and rejected and shunned, what can you say to them about forgiveness when, like, God came to me. I'm screaming and cursing at God in, in no intention of giving my life. If anything, I'm making, like, I'm just like, this is bull crap. And it all started because the only thing that would give me to read in jail was the Bible. But not everybody has those experiences. What can you say to the people that are watching right now that are currently being used and abused? Firstly, I would say that this is a good wake-up call for Christians hmm. to get up and go into all of the world and spread the news because people need to hear the gospel. And so that's, that's the first and foremost. But now in regards to people getting that help that they really need, you cannot do this without Jesus Christ. It is, it is impossible to do it without Jesus Christ. You cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's, you can forget it. It's, it's simply not possible. And so I'll, I'll also say this, once you, once you forgive everyone that you're holding something against, then you will have an unbelievable, peaceful and quiet mind. Why is that? Because the devil is not there, uh, or excuse me, the devil is not authorized to torment your mind. And so if you want a peaceful and quiet mind, you got to forgive. 
But in order to forgive, you need Jesus Christ. I So we're 100% aligned there, 100%. What we are seeing right now in the world, actually, where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in Zagreb, Croatia. Right on, man. I got to ask you how you got there later. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, that's cool. I've never talked to anyone in Croatia before. Um, there's a lot of people, man, like in the United States. I can't speak for anywhere else. But right now, people are awakening to the fact that the church here is not really what God intended, what Jesus intended. And, you know, there's a lot of pastors being exposed for trafficking and abuse. And then there's just the, the you know, the, the other people that, like myself, that have been rejected and shunned from the church. And because maybe we're not, I don't know, our testimonies are too rough and too scary and makes people uncomfortable. But, you know, there's and there's a lot of a lot of people like myself that have gone in to church and have not felt safe and not felt welcome. And so they're they immediately assume when you talk about Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, the man that died on the cross for our sins. They look at that as a bunch of religious BS and they and they look the God thing as some religious bullcrap. And, and where was God when I was being hurt? Where was God when I was being trafficked by the church or trafficked by Hollywood? Or where was God when when the church rejected me because my testimony made them uncomfortable? What what can you say to that? There are there are some things that will occur in this life that we will never understand. But the most important thing is you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward. And unforgiveness is one of those things that will hold a person back. And you can go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, I was going to say that, and again, this is a, this is again, another wake up call for Christians to get up and go out and disciple. People are dying all around us. People are suffering all around us. People are living without the truth all around us. It is important to spread the good news, to let people know that there is a savior and that he will heal deliver and set free. And sometimes this involves one actually going into a community, living with a group of people and living out the gospel. And, and so that is, that is one of those, one of those ways to show people, look, I'm not just telling you but here I am showing you how God is living through me 
and how I get up after being knocked down and how I keep moving forward, all with the power of Jesus Christ. And so this is, this is one of those important things. It's like Christians need to get up, go out, spread the news. Part of that is moving into certain communities, getting acquainted with certain groups and letting them see God within you, on you, and the things that you do and the things that you say. That is what the Bible says to do. I, um, I'm going to ask you going back to forgiveness because there's people that just say, I can't. And, you know, I've heard the, the expression, I don't know if you've ever heard this expression before, but fake it till you make it. In theory, I, I guess I can see how that works, but I do know that if you don't believe something in your heart, it's, it's, it's useless. I mean, I, when I, every time I said I forgave somebody, I realized I needed to forgive them about 25 more times and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep surrendering it, keep surrendering it. Um, trying to understand and have compassion to realize that, well, maybe it's their experiences that have caused them to want to inflict pain on me or to hurt me or deceive me. And I, and I know that people watching are, you know, thinking the same thing. Forgiveness is not really that easy. But what are you, how do you suggest, in your opinion, the, the best way to forgive is because right now, and this is just such a, 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 a an amazing trick, and I say amazing, um, not in a good way, but amazing trick of the devil that he has now weaponized opinion like never before. Uh, regardless of what your beliefs are about the pandemic, politics, religion, like there's just so much now to use to be weaponized. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's social media because it's allowed everybody, it's given them a pulpit to share their opinions. Maybe that's why it's being used. But the fact is, there's people that are being hurt. There's people that, like Jesus, have been betrayed but, but by family and friends because of their opinions, because they don't want to have something forced upon them. So there's a lot of people wounded right now. And so the whole idea of forgiveness, and I know how powerful it is. Like I've, it's, it's really ingrained in me now, and I know how amazing it is. But for the people right now that are really struggling, that are like, how do I forgive? Speak to that. So you actually said something that um, is part of the cure from unforgiveness, is that sometimes you're going to have to repeat it multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to repeat it multiple times. And part of the reason for that is uh, part of the reason for that is that if you look at if you see unforgiveness as a disease, you also can understand this that your unforgiveness can metastasize. Like freaking cancer, man. Yeah. And so, and so with that said, 
that unforgiveness could be so deep and spread within a person that it's going to take it's going to take a lot of work to get it out the disease didn't didn't uh, form in one day and you may not get rid of it in one day and and so that that is one of the reasons why someone will need to keep keep praying uh, that uh, they forgive someone so you have to do it a couple of times a number of times a number of times before the cure uh, or i should say i'll say the treatment is complete mm, that's a i actually like the way you worded that you know and and I and to to emphasize that point even more, and to prove, I mean, you're right. It's interesting all of the different levels of forgiveness I had with my father. But then, it was interesting. I got to this point of in the forgiveness, which shocked me. I mean, I showed up an hour late to my dad's funeral because I was high on cocaine still from the craziness I did the night before. I, I like I hated him. And, but I remember it took, it's been, it was like three years, three years into forgiving him. And it was at this point where I'd forgiven him and I just never thought of him. And then I had to have another level of forgiveness and then another. And I remember the day that I moved to downtown Minneapolis, I had this revelation that blew my mind. And for the very first time since my father's death, I was able to look at him and only see the good he did in my life. And I and I to this day I have to force myself to think about all the reasons I hated him. I have to think about it. But literally all I can do now is think about the good he did in my life and it and it's amazing. And so I think we have to you meant you talked about grace before and I know that grace gets used and abused and taken advantage of and taken for granted like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. um, I know that for for, tr for truth, but it, it, it's kind of amazing how that shifted. So when you're on your forgiveness journey, I think that it's good to give ourselves grace and not and realize that it's not going to be perfect, but it's kind of like pressure, you know, when you, you're... Um, have a really, really bad pressure headache or something like that. Like even the slightest bit or your belly's really full because you overate. You can like let a little bit of <laughs> get let some gas out to make some room. <laughs> but relieving that pressure. <laughs> anyway, you I'm only saying this because this happened a couple of days ago. <laughs> okay. And like, and you're like, oh. Oh my gosh. Okay. I can breathe now. Uh -huh. It's sometimes it's just, you just need to make a little bit of room and relieving a little bit of that pressure can like help you have a little bit more energy to have better thoughts, thoughts that are going to feed your mind and your heart and your spirit. It's it, it you're making more room for God to work in your life mm -hmm. and like, and, but give yourself grace when it's not perfect all at once. No one's life was perfect right after they gave their life to Jesus. 
it's impossible. Yeah, you were on a spiritual high, but guess what? Eventually that wears off and you're like, oh, oh, and now I got to really deal with stuff. And, but that's the thing is that it's a, it's a journey and it's a walk. <laughs> and the beautiful thing of grace is that we are given that grace, but it's not to be taken advantage of, but God knows we're not going to be perfect on our journey. But the beautiful thing is, is that when we do mess up and we're able to confess it and we repent from it, God will use that for good. Like all, like I had relapses after I gave my life to the Lord. I wasn't perfect. Again, I sometimes switch altars and become a different person, which by the way, I think I'm back now. Thank you. Um, and like, this is a good thing. This is like, and this is one of the most beautiful things about it, but we have to understand and not let not shame ourselves to death and beat ourselves to death when we do mess up or when our per forgiveness isn't perfect and we may relapse in, in, in our lack of forgiveness, but we can give that to the Lord too and he can use it and he can teach us with it and it gets to be a good thing, right? So... Let me... Let me give you an, uh, an example of, of something that happened to me recently. Um, and I'll tie this into one of my purposes. So I was in the square, uh, sorry, in the main square, um, witnessing to, to people. And on that particular day, I was telling people about the lies of the devil. And so two guys were walking past and one of them, one of them asked, who is he? Because I was saying, oh, do you know that he keeps lying to you? Or I'd say things like everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And so uh, uh, of these two guys, one of them was prompted to ask me, who is he? And when he said that, I responded this, uh, this way. I said, Satan, the devil, Lucifer. And after I said Lucifer, this guy turns around and he looks at me and he tells me, shut up. And, and then he says it again, shut up. And he keeps he keeps talking to me, and he tells me, "Get out of this! Uh, get out of this country!" Uh, and he says a few other uh, a few other things, but nonetheless, the conversation ended. So, in such a situation, I could have had unforgiveness against him, but I, knowing that he is infected by the devil. And that was that was Satan working through him. And so, but then let me talk about the aftermath. Because the devil knows this contract that God has. And so if the devil can get you to have unforgiveness, he's happy. And so you, you you spoke about relapses. And so that's one of the things the devil wants to happen. He wants to throw you thoughts. 
to see if they'll land, to see if you will accept his seeds of unforgiveness. Because if you accept the seed, then you get infected again. And so that is one of, that is one of his goals is to, <coughs> even, after, even after you got the cure, he's going to come back and he's going to try and he's going to come back and he's going to try and reinfect you. And so it's it's important to stay vigilant and to guard your mind. And you were you were hinting at this um, earlier uh, in uh, in your broadcast that you guard you guard your own mind. So you're aware of what's going on in your mind, your thoughts, and that's a very, very important thing for a Christian to do because this will help you find out what areas of your Christian walk you're struggling with. Mm. Yeah, because depending on the nature of the thoughts that keep coming up, that can show you where you're falling short. And so, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, can you repeat that, sir? Oh, I just said I believe that, yeah. Ah, okay. Um, and so, part of my, or I should say one of my purposes that God has given me is to help people look more attractive, but not the outside person, the person on the inside. Mm. And so that person on the inside is your character. And I'll speak in a parable because this is the, this is the best way that people are going to understand what your character is. You have to look at the person on the inside as a man, as a man with the skeleton, muscles, and, and skin. Now, to make sure that that character is strong and it can, it can endure and it can always stay in the game, because that's the important thing that people need to understand. You're always in the game. You're always in the game. And so the only way you're going to survive is if you have a very strong foundation. That skeleton, that foundation is Jesus Christ. Amen. He lets people, he, he helps people endure the hits. <laughs> he helps people endure the hits but but then you have to think of the muscles as spiritual disciplines like forgiveness grace mercy patience courage humility and the list goes on and so but you have to work those out so so you have to kind of look at your courage as maybe it's like the deltoid muscle. You have a, you have the anterior part, the lateral part, and the posterior part. And so to work your courage out and to make it more comprehensively developed, 
You're going to have to go through character workouts in order to, to improve that muscle, uh, in order to improve your courage muscle. Because just because you have courage to walk up to somebody on the street and, and, and start talking to them about uh, Jesus doesn't mean you're going to have courage to go open your second business after the first one, <laughs> after the first one failed. Yeah. And, and so with that said, it's uh, that inner man, the character needs to be continually worked out and refined. And now I'll talk about the skin, that being the Holy ghost. And so imagine, have you ever had a cut or, 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 or a big wound and, and you touched it and it was super sensitive? This is what people are like who don't have the Holy Ghost. Everything, everything is, bothers them. Everything uh, reminds them of their sensitivity. Everything hurts. And so being that we are always in the game, the wisest thing for any human being to do is to make sure that they have a solid foundation and to make sure that they are protected. Because if you want to endure this life and you want to live it with, with joy and you want to live it with, with, with gladness and, and patience and continued hope and courage, you need Jesus Christ. That pandi- the, the pandemic showed a lot of people how weak they really are. Mm. People, people were going into states of fear and worry. And it's like, look, this is one of those things that Jesus Christ came for, was to give you victory over that weakness. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. I um it is a that you're talking about courage, and you know, it requires a great deal of faith to have courage to face our giants. But one of the things that I've heard that I was never able to fully process um, until I was able to exercise my faith muscles was that the outcome is guaranteed. Like, sure, we may fail, we may lose the fight, whatever, whatever analogy you want to use, but the war has already been won. And we get to step confidently into that. And especially with giants, like we were created to face our giants, even the giants that we create for ourselves, like addiction and or we, we, the consequences for our mistakes or the consequences of our sin. Like we were created in, with, through, in, in Christ. I, I can't speak without, like I wasn't victorious in anything <laughs> without Jesus. But with Christ, I know the outcome is guaranteed. I know the visions and the dreams that are placed inside of my heart get to come to pass. And it's not going to happen as like when I want it, but there is a process there. 
And along the way and along the journey of following the Lord and to become more Christ-like and to follow the journey of our purpose, my purpose, I'm going to have to face giants. And if I run from those giants, I'm, well, that's the only giant I'm ever going to see. Every time I circle the mountain, there's that giant, there's that giant, there's that giant. Until the day I decide that I'm going to face it. And when I face it, I was created to overcome it. And then I become bigger than that giant. That builds a faith muscle. And I've gotten to this place because through the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's led me to do some crazy stuff. Like I, I thought I was wild before Jesus. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised I haven't been locked in a psych ward with some of the stuff that, that the Holy Spirit has led me to do. That uh -huh. said, every time, every time, it's made sense. And so now he's got it built up in me, and I'm grateful that I don't have, I don't lack in this area of courage and of, of oh, the, the willingness to be obedient to the call. When the Holy Spirit prompts me to do something, I'll go, are you sure? Okay, is that really you? And I'll take confirmation because <laughs> sometimes it just seems a little bit wacky for even me. And and after I get that confirmation, I step boldly. And you know what? I get to see God do miracles every day because of that. And that's one of the most amazing things. But people, when they start their journey, especially when they first give their life to the Lord, they'll have people doubt their faith, doubt their doubt that their decision was real like oh you didn't change like oh god's gonna change you are you kidding me and like that hurts people and a lot of people at that moment go yeah you're right i'm always gonna be a piece of crap like my dad and like okay i'm gonna go back to my old ways i did it 50 60 70 times probably but the minute that i had committed truly to learning and to do really committed to the relationship part of the lord and getting to seek him and getting to know him better. It was through that, um, that my confidence, even though it hurt to hear those things, I kept going. And as you were saying before, to keep moving forward. And I did it even with mistakes, even with relapses, like the commitment to serving the Lord and to seeking him never, it, it never, uh, what, what's the word? It never, it never faded. It, like it, it was just as strong. And through that came conviction, came that through, came godly consequences. But the coolest thing about consequences with God are that they're used in a productive way. Mm. And I, like even every every time the Lord has corrected me with something, it is, it's never felt like, it felt like the rejection that I felt from other places. It felt loving. It felt like when I used to get spanked, when they were, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. It didn't feel like that. Like, actually, it did. It, genuine, no, no, I take that back. I never believed my parents when they said it. But now it feels like when the Lord corrects me and wants me to like, hey, you got off track a little bit there. Or, hey, we could have done this better. There's a better way to do this. I feel like the correction I get not only is, is a positive, up, uh, uplifting, and, and encouraging type of correction. And yes, I don't always like it. But it always leads to something better. And with that, I really do feel like I've let I've, I, I've let God down. I've let the Lord I let the Lord down, and it feels like it hurt Him worse than it hurt me because of the way I get corrected. And that you talk about the fear of the Lord, you know, so much of fear. Like the I think it's a healthy fear and it's a respectful fear, but 
the other part of that is God is a loving, loving God that he can take that mess, make it a message. He can take that sin and turn it and use it for good. And that's such an amazing thing. So while I appreciate you talking about the fear of the Lord and it's needed because frankly, I don't think people fear the Lord enough. The other side of that I want to say is we also have a very, very loving father. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. And something you said, uh, I guess, let me say this first. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. And so what you described there was no matter what happens, God will find a way to get you a learning lesson <laughs> and whatever uh, whatever pile of mud you stepped into. Just as long as you stay connected to him, stay trusting in him, there's going to be some sort of learning lesson that you can apply moving forward. Amen. Yeah. That's good, man. That's so good. Emmanuel, <clears throat> I am, um, I've enjoyed this conversation a lot. And one thing I appreciate about you very much is that not that you're guarded with your words, but you, you check. I can like, when asking a question, like I notice how you wait and, 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 and then you speak like, I appreciate that. Um, a lot and i don't know exactly what the process is if you're waiting on god or whatever it is but i i like that a lot and because sometimes like i'm i can be very very quick with the tongue i'm quick-witted and you know and, and typically will i can pounce on things and i you know i'm just hyperactive and um i like that a lot because i felt like every one of your answers were truly heartfelt and there was nothing scripted and i felt like um there was just a lot of love there and in what you're saying to the audience. So I, I want you to know that I respect that a lot. Um, why don't you please let everybody know where they can find you. They can follow your journey. They can support you plug anything that you want to plug. Oh, I just came on here to chat. Uh, there's no, nobody can find me. I'm joking. <laughs> I, have, I have friends like that. So like, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, okay. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> um, so people can find me on uh, Instagram and there is where I'm going through uh, <clears throat> fundamentals of, uh, I should say, of your character muscles. And right now I'm focused, uh, I'm, I'm teaching on uh, unforgiveness. Um, but people can find me on Instagram and uh, my name on Instagram is Emmanuel Inamay. So that's, are you going to put it in the notes or? Oh yeah. So when we create the media kit, it'll all that'll be there. But just so you know, it's spelled E-M-M-A-N-U-E-L, new word, E-N-I-M-E. So there's no space. It's all, it's all together. Oh, it's all one word. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, there you go. Thank you for correcting me. (laughs) My bad. Um, 
Well, I've enjoyed this, and I, I got to tell you that it really does. Um, the timing of the message is perfect. So thank you, thank you for uh, this. I mean, it look, it's this is not a a message that's easy to digest for people, but in a completely different way because forgiveness is such a supernatural healing, and it's such a beautiful gift from the Lord. And um, yet at the same time, it's one of the hardest gifts to receive for people. So I appreciate you sharing this message. Um, God bless you. And thank you for all you do, man. We'll see you soon. God bless you. What what should I do? Oh, I'm going to kick you out. You can say goodbye. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to kick you out. You can say like, you can say whatever you want to say, and then I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> it was, it was a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> peace and blessings. God bless you, man. I'll see you soon. All Thank right, you, Emmanuel. Oh, what, what a powerful, like it, to me, it's such a, it's a powerful message. And yet the tone was so gentle and soft and, and I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I gotta tell you, when you guys see the interview, um, with Randy Fowler, who's Kevin Spacey's brother, it's, it's the opposite of this, um, the opposite. And, um, but I'm very passionate about forgiveness because without it, I've, I would have nothing, not only the Lord's forgiveness, but even the people I needed to forgive. And admittedly, you know, I, I, I recognize areas that I still have to get to forgive. And one of those is the church, even though that's like a daily process, it seems I, I get to forgive the church and, and I also get to forgive the people that, I helped that try to take advantage of me. Um, that even happened earlier today. And, um, and it, 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 it rattled me a little bit. Um, I didn't like, I was like, I was saying at the beginning, like I was teetering on switching. I didn't go all the way, which is like amazing. Cause I was pretty upset. And, um, I, 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 it's really hard for me to understand why anyone would try to take advantage of someone else. Of course, I had the discernment to catch it. And one of the things that I'm really good at now is establishing boundaries. But I got to tell you, people don't really like it when you set boundaries. But if you don't set boundaries, you're basically giving all your power away. I'm done doing that. I'm not giving the power to the enemy. I'm not going to give power to anyone else. What, what I will do is serve faithfully. So thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone who watched today. Thank you for your support of the Live Model Worldwide Foundation. Thank you to our sponsors. Um, you go to the media kit and see them. I don't feel like saying all their names today. Deal with it. <laughs> I take that back. Don't deal with it. Um, but it'll be in the media kit. So thank you for being here. Uh, God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs> say goodbye again just for fun goodbye